Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you, Father, and to fellowship with one another. Father, I pray that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. <clears throat> so I, I talked to a guy this week, and, and you know how people are, and nobody's ever satisfied. I mean, he, he reads two to three books a, a week. He works out twice a day, financially stable, has two or three folks looking to have intimate relationships with him, and yet he complains about how much he hates prison. <laughs> prison. <laughs> I, I dressed it up a little bit to where it was approved. It was, it was funnier in its original form. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh boy. Um, so we, on, uh, we, let's see, what do we, 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 we primed the pump and we controlled the flow. And then, and then this week, we, I called it seasoned because it, ma it matches better because flavored is not an appropriate title for a, a sermon. Because seasoned is much better, right? That we, we are seasoned. So, so as, as Christians, right, in this whole series we've been talking about, about the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, and that the living waters of God flow out of us, and us controlling that, first, we need that inside of us where it can flow, and, and two, controlling the amount of flow. Last week, I think I said five times, you know, you could water flowers with a fire hose, right? After I listened to my sermon, I realized I said that a lot. I'm sorry, I used that a lot. I thought it was a good example, but I used it a lot. So this week, we're going to talk about like, how seasoned we are, right? So I, I said last week when we read Colossians that this was like the grits. It's the, it's the grits thing, right? But it's not grits, really. It's water. So, I mean, your water probably shouldn't taste like grits, it's probably bad. I mean, grits water really does not look delicious at all if you ever pour water off of grits. So, so it's, it's, it's on that teetering line between flavored and seasoned. Um, how many of y'all drink, like, lots of water? Like, come on. Can you raise your hand? No. Okay. We drink lots of water. How many of you flavor it? Flavor it. Yeah, like put little things of squirt stuff on top of the water to make it taste better. I like to cook mine in the stove or the microwave with four little bags in it and then put a, about a cup of sugar in it. And that water is delicious. That is delicious water. Um, but I don't think they really call that water anymore. I think they changed that and call it tea once you put the little dried up leaves in it. But, but there was a time, and, and I got really, I did it a lot there for a while and I've kind of backed off of it. Now you can buy the little tiny um, things of flavoring and you squirt it in your water bottle and shake it up and it turns colors. Of course, I'm extra, right? So I can't have just a flavor. I need one squirt, one dribble of fruit punch and one dribble of lemonade to give me the flavor that I need, right? Because I'm special. But as Christians, once we get to where we have this flowing water out of us and we have the appropriate amount of water that's coming out, then it needs to be flavored, just a, just a little bit. It, it, it needs to represent God in every way, right? And so a lot of times when you flavor stuff, you ever notice like they don't have like potato flavored water or like broccoli or green bean flavored water? It's always fruits, right? We flavor it with fruits. 
Because, you know, if I said, hey, have you had any asparagus juice lately, you would look at me with a frown. But if I said you had apple juice, that seems to be okay. So it's amazing that that fruit that flavors the water actually lines up with the fruit of the Spirit. See, as Christians, when we have that Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we have this flow coming out, we should produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. I got them out of order, but you got it, right? The fruit of the Spirit is what we should, when the world sees us, they should see that fruit, right? So let's turn and look at where it says in the fruit. So it's the um, Galatians. Oh, the other way. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness is the one I left out a minute ago, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. For those who belong in Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, <clears throat> let us keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited or provoking or envying one another. But let us work on that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, when we are really, really trying to live for God, and we're really, really trying to be a good example, when we're trying to be a good example for the, when we work on being a good example to the world, that's what they see. They don't see sharp and bitter and judgy and distant and cold. They see love and joy and peace and patience. Fun fact, this also makes you a good parent. Love, joy, peace, lots of patience, right, if you're going to be a parent. But if you're going to witness to the world, right, if you're going to take God's word to the world, you cannot do it in such a manner that does not portray the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, man. Drop my ink pen. If you're, if you're pursuing trying to give the gospel to the world, it is the good news is what the gospel actually means. And the only way it can be delivered is through the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're salty and bitter and nasty and cheap and whatever else kind of thing you want to put in there, you're going against what God's Word says. And, and listen, hmm. y'all know me real well. This is not natural for me. I'm sure there are a couple of y'all in here that this is not natural for you either. That's why that next sentence is so important. That who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. With what pa passions and desires? The flesh, the man, the person, the being. Well, you don't understand I'm just not nice. I get it. I am also not nice. I am mean, deep down in the gut of me. I try my best to crucify that, right, to where it is replaced with, replaced with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. 
That's hard. It's hard when your natural personality lines you up with A, and I'm telling you, you have to act like B. I get it. I live it. That's why I like football so much. Because you get to hurt people on purpose. It is the job. The job of football is to hit them so hard that they are hurt so bad that they cannot stand up and continue. That is the main goal, right? My sophomore year, I was only on the kickoff team. First game of the season, we played against Kane Hoy. They had this guy named Luther Broughton. If you remember Luther Broughton, he was big as that door back there. He ended up playing in the NFL for the Panthers as a tight end. But all we heard about all week was Luther, 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 Luther. And by the time kickoff came, I had heard all of Luther I wanted to hear about. I hit Luther on the opening kickoff with my helmet right in the bottom of his thigh pad. And when I hit him, I hit him with all 172 pounds, running as fast as I possibly could with no regard for personal safety. Luther did not get up for a while. Luther did not play most of the game. That is one of my proudest moments. <laughs> NFL great Luther Broughton laid on the field because some little scrawny kid hit him as hard as humanly possible. That's what's in the inside of me. That makes me happy. That does not line up with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I am not, there's nothing about my flesh that can help the body of Christ. There's nothing about my flesh and my worldly desires and my personality that it gives glory to God. But when in fact, when I crucify my flesh and I start to walk according to God's word and the fruit of the Spirit show up, when the fruit of the Spirit starts to show up, then all of a sudden you can see the change in me and I can only accredit it to what Christ has done in my life. It's not what I've done in my life. It's Him. So when we get to the place to where we control the flow and we have this opportunity to witness to people, it cannot be in the flesh. It cannot be according to your worldly beliefs. It cannot be according to your personal ideology. If it's not Christ crucified, that the grace came to the world through salvation with him on the cross, it doesn't work. If it's not sold with the fruit of the Spirit, with love, joy, peace, it's not going to work. The most successful ministries in the world, not the flashiest ministries in the world, Hang their hat on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Jesus came here as the perfect sacrifice. In his life, he showed what the fruit of the Spirit looked like. Over and over and over, he was cursed and beaten and tortured and hung on the cross. And in the middle of it, he said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That passes all of the fruit I've ever desired to think that I could have. To have that. I can't watch the passion of Christ. I can't do it. It makes me so physically angry that it's sinful. That I want to go to the bottom of the cross. If Peter cut the dude's ear off, I want to cut his head off and the next guy's head off. and the next. How dare you beat him like that? 
in my flesh. <clears throat> but in my spirit, I know that he took that beating for me. He took that torture and he paid my penalty and your penalty. So as Christians, if we're trying to show people what God looks like, and you think for some way, shape, or form that I is telling them what they're doing wrong, I promise you it is not. And, and, and we are, the church right now is in all kinds of turmoil. I was telling Dr. Bill this morning, there, there is a huge division in the Christian church with people talking about whether or not abortion is really okay or not. And I can't buy it for a second. It is not okay. It is not okay to kill a living human baby who is innocent. It is not. However, it is not also not okay to go screaming and yelling at them and telling them they're wrong. I, I don't remember Jesus doing that a single time. Screaming and yelling at people and telling them they were wrong. Not a time. Now, I do think on my fleshly understanding of some of the parables when he was explaining to the Pharisees that he was making fun of them just a little bit. Or at least the way I read it in my personality, he was making fun of them just a little bit. Showing exactly how stupid y'all really are. You really don't even understand what you think you understand. I am the Messiah and I sit here and you're trying to judge me off of your rules and your laws. I mean, to be Christ in that situation would be tough. Yet, all he ever showed was love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. That's all he ever showed. In the middle of all of that, he showed them God's love in flesh. Never before had God's love showed up in flesh. Something that you could hug on, love on, touch the hem of his garment. It, was ne it never was in person. So now that he has gone to prepare a place for us, he sent us to do his job, to continue to preach the gospel. That's only done successfully with the fruit of the Spirit. And it's nothing else. It's really nothing else. If, you, if we're not operating to where God says, this is what we're supposed to do. Actually, uh, Colossians adds a little bit more. There, there, there's one more little piece that goes on the fruit of the Spirit. It, it, it's, it's the first of this one that's, that's good. Uh, um, Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> in verse 12, <clears throat> Colossians 3, 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So if you were going to live according to the fruit of the Spirit, you have to have the compassion of Christ on the outside. You have to. Well, why is that? Because people don't deserve the fruit of the Spirit. In, in our human mind, we try to give people what they deserve, right? You show me respect, I show you respect. You nice to me, I'll be nice to you. That is human nature for most people. 
Christ's nature is, is that I'm going to show you compassion and love and kindness and patience, whether you're nice to me or not, whether you're mean to me or not, whether you do things I like or not, or whether you live like I think you shouldn't or not. It doesn't have any effect on how I treat you on how you act. That is a hard statement to make. It is a hard statement to make that says that I don't care how you act. I will treat you with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, compassion, humility. No matter what. This might be the most difficult thing that we'll face as Christians. That it doesn't matter how I'm treated. I respond how Christ would respond. The old bracelet. Y'all ever wore one of them bracelets? WWJD? I, I saw a guy the other day that said that um, he was offensive by that. He was offended by that because it talked about Christ in past tense. What, what would he do? Well, he's still king of kings and lord of lords. It's what is he doing? Whatever. You understand the concept, right? It's how can we act more Christ-like And we are in charge of us. You know, when we, uh, Crystal and I, been married 24 years this week on Monday. Yay. I can't believe she made it 24 years. Praise God. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see 25. You know, we'll see. Um, no, I'm teasing. When we got married and, 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 and we figured out nobody was the boss of us, that was pretty tough. But, but really, really the day that it, it, it really affected me the most is, is the day we came home with the twins. We, we had been in the hospital and had not slept in multiple days, um, which was only the beginning. But when we got in the car to leave, like I, I cranked up the car and I drove from about here to the, to the door right there. And I stopped. And I put it back in park, and I looked in the back seat, and I looked at Crystal and said, they just going to let us take them? I mean, nobody's watching us. I mean, it, it, we're unsupervised. This is not okay. We're not, this is not okay. Who, who's going to attend to these little animals in the back seat? This is not okay. But see, as, 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 as grown people, we determine who we are. We make decisions daily on whether we're going to commit ourselves to walk according to God's word or we're not. And I hear it resounding back. Well, it's not that easy. No, it is in fact that easy. We decide where we go. We decide how we talk to people, how we treat people, how we act. What we don't decide is what happens around us. And the human part of this, and this is the toughest part of this sermon for me, is the human part of this is what's happening around me affects how I should react. And the truth is, it does not. The fact that Christ lives on the inside of me is really the only thing that affects how I should act. Not who's watching, not where we at, not what's going on, not how they treated me, Nothing. I am responsible for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I determine how I act. Now, you fall, right, I get it. But in general, 
If we're not lining up with God's word and operating in the fruit of the spirit, then there's a problem. And you can say, well, my kids are bad and my boss is bad and my husband don't do what he's supposed to do or my wife don't do what she's supposed to do or my house ain't so good or I got an old beat up car. And you blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. My dog is really bad and he chews up things. I don't care what your excuse is. The answer is, is that you are responsible for how you act. Turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. Man, it got quiet when I got to that part. Whew, I knew it was going to get quiet. I just know it was going to get that quiet. <clears throat> gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7. It's tough. Verse 16. This is in red. Uh, Matthew 7, 16. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do not people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good, free, good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. That's tough. That last step, that, that one, 20, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So how recognizable are you? Are you undercover? You're in a secret mission that nobody's supposed to know about. They ain't supposed to find out you're a Christian until the end of the movie. I mean, I'm asking. Because if we are producing fruit, and that fruit is supposed to be what our calling card is and how we are recognized... We need some miracle grow and some water and a little bit of fertilizer and some, some, you know what that looks like in this, right? If your fruit isn't where it's supposed to be, you know how you make it what it's supposed to be. It's in prayer and supplication and spending time in the Word and having a relationship with God that, and sacrificing your flesh regardless of what's taking a place around you that the fruit of the Spirit shows up. Now, that's like that old thing about you pray for patience, right? When you pray for patience, what happens? Do you get patience? No, you get lots of opportunities to become more patient. I mean, I didn't write it. I mean, y'all can look at me with a frown all you want. I, I didn't put this part in. By your fruit, you will be recognized. So then it's a fruit check. And if your water that's flowing out of you is bitter or salty or bland or tasteless, it's fruit check. Because regardless of what takes place around us, the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to shine through us. This is the, this is the, this is the tough part. Not just in the good times. When everything's going right and everything's wonderful and your family's healthy and you got enough money to pay all the bills plus some to go on vacation, everything seems to be just clicking, right? You're killing limits of doves and, you, and you, you're getting a hunt and you're doing all your stuff. Not then. It's not then. It's when it's in the opposite situation. It's easy to produce good fruit when everything seems to be going your way. 
It's much more difficult to produce good fruit when it seems like the whole entire planet is against you. That's the best kind of fruit. That's really when you know what somebody's made of, when you see the situation in their end, and they won't abandon their values, and they won't abandon who they know they're supposed to be in Christ. Not who I am, right? Because I hear it. Well, you don't understand, I'm just not like that. I get it. I am not like that. I aspire to be that. I, I crucify my flesh to be that. The first thing when something happens that, come, that I wants to come out of my mouth, it's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. It's not. And if that's how you were programmed from birth, God bless you. The rest of us are struggling with it. And we have to adapt and overcome. We have to take the opportunities that we've been given and sacrifice our flesh and get to the place to where God has put us in a situation to where we're going to grow and we're going to produce fruit and we're going to be a witness to our community and that wherever else God takes us and that every situation we're in, our fruit will look exactly like he wants it to. Now, you cannot go from no fruit to a fruit stand in a week. It's not a one-week deal. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. When Romans and he talks about renewing your mind, it is the sacrifice in your flesh just a little bit at a time. Taking the bad out, putting the good in. Taking the bad out, putting the good in. Submitting yourself to God. Living according to his word. Setting yourself up to line up exactly what, what the word of God says. Y'all know anybody do that overnight? Maybe a fool might think that that's what they can do. But if you've been a Christian for just a half a minute, you know that walking according to this, to living in the situation we're talking about, right, that where our fruit is shining no matter what's going on, is a very difficult thing for us to do. And the problem is, is a lot of times we want to put the pressure, right? We want to, we want to well, we demand ourselves to do it. When we should be submitting ourselves to God and asking for help. We should be lining ourselves up closer and closer to God's word, crucifying our flesh, giving God more control. Lord, I don't want to say anything that's not pleasing to you. Oh, are you kidding me? That's the goal. That's where we're supposed to be going. That's who we're supposed to be. This fruit of the Spirit that's built up on the inside of us that shines out. It's supposed to glorify God no matter what. And when you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane and where Peter cut the dude's ear off, was he displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Nope. And Jesus rebuked him for it. Seems like a natural thing to me. Seemed like a natural reaction to me. You want to mess with my boss, I'll cut your ear off or your face off or whatever else. But as Christians... We should be showing the love, joy. Let, let, let me read them one more time where I don't mess them up. One more time. Last thing we hear. I know y'all waiting. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's no law. There's not a never a good time. There's never, there's never not a good time to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's never a good time to throw those away. It's never a bad time to have those. That should be our calling card. Once we figure out that that flowing water flows out of us in an appropriate amount, then it should be flavored with the fruit of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word. We pray now that it will go forth and it will not return void. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.